0: our way to our gospel lesson today. It comes from Luke's gospel, the 17th chapter, and we're going to be reading verses 11 through 19 this morning. Again, that's Luke's gospel, the 17th chapter, verses 11 through 19, and you can follow along on the screen behind me if you brought your Bible. I encourage you to open that up or if you have an app that you want to use. Either way, but we're going to dive into God's word. Hear now the word of the Lord. and thanked him and he was a samaritan then jesus asked were not 10 made clean but the other 9 where are they was none of them found to return and give praise to god except for this foreigner then he said to him get up and go on your way your faith has made you well this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god let's pray Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and Lord, again, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love for us, and Lord, we thank you that we can gather here in this space, that we have the opportunity to open your word and sing your praises and spend time together with those that we love and who love us and who support us in our faith journeys. And Father, today as we come into this place, we thank you for Jesus' broken body and for his shed blood. We thank you for the salvation that you have made possible for us, even while we were still sinners. And Lord, we thank you that in those moments, in those moments where we don't even know you, your Holy Spirit goes before you. That, Lord, your Spirit is opening our eyes, softening our hearts, and clogging our ears. We may not always recognize your Spirit's voice, but Lord, we thank you that when, when we learn to recognize it, we can hear your voice, we can experience your guidance and direction. And, Lord, we can experience your saving work in our lives. So, Father, today we pray that your Spirit would do that work in us, that work that you desire to do. That, Lord, You would, we would be awakened to your grace, that we would experience your transforming presence, that we would be forever changed having encountered you today. It's in Christ's name and to his honor and glory that we ask all these things. And together, all God's people said, Amen. Well. In our scripture today, Jesus is traveling to Jerusalem. He's on his way there, and as he so often does, he's traveling by and through other villages and towns. And scripture says that as he's traveling by one of these other villages and towns, he decides to stop by, he just decides to visit that place. And as he is headed into that community to which he's headed, there are ten individuals who are on the outskirts of that community. These are 10 men who had leprosy, and they're there on the outskirts for a variety of reasons. First of all, because of their health. It was believed by many in that day and age that leprosy was something that could be passed from one person to the next. And so they kind of quarantined them together in a leper colony to make sure that the disease wouldn't spread from person to person. But also because of the Old Testament ritual laws, these were individuals who were viewed as unclean. And it, what, they wanted to make sure that these folks were on the outskirts of community so that they couldn't pass on their uncleanliness to others who might be going to the temple or going to synagogue to worship. And so because of that, these ten individuals are living on the fringes of society. Many of them maybe haven't seen their families in a long time. Still others may never have experienced the touch of a family member, a hug or a kiss because they were viewed as unclean. And so here they are. They're on the fringes of society. They're excluded from everyone and everything that they know and that they love. But one day, all of that changes for them. They see Jesus. They see this carpenter-turned-rabbi who they've heard stories about. Rumors have spread about what he's been able to do, the healings that have taken place, the miraculous things that he has done. And as they see Jesus walking in their direction, maybe as a buzz is circulating with the rumor mill going very much into full swing. They see Jesus and they begin to call out to him. They try as best they can to get his attention, to get him to pay attention to them. These people who have been overlooked, these people who haven't been noticed by the many others who have passed by. And upon hearing their cries, Jesus turns to them, and he looks at them. And we would expect to hear him say, you are healed. We'd expect maybe for him to go over and touch them, or, or maybe to, to make some mud and rub it on their bodies, just as he made mud and put it on that man's eyes. But Jesus does none of that. Instead, he tells them to go and see the priest. Go see the religious official there in that town, someone who could proclaim them whole, someone who could proclaim them clean, meaning that they could be restored to community and society, not only their bodies healed, but the emotional, the societal healing that needed to take place as well. You see, if the priest said they were clean, if the priest said they were whole, it meant that they could go back to their homes. It could go back to the friendships and the relationships, the community that they left behind. It meant that they could go to those places of worship where they had been kept at arm's length. And Luke proclaims this good news. He says that as they went, as these ten made their way to the priest, they were healed. Great news. It's fantastic news for each of these 10 individuals. Yet Luke records this. Only one of the lepers, only one of the individuals who had experienced this healing work of Jesus came back. And this guy came back and he was praising God in a loud voice because he realized all that had taken place. He knew how his life was going to be different from this day forward. And so he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And Luke includes this note. And he was a Samaritan. He was an outsider, a foreigner amidst those who were outsiders. This guy isn't just on the fringes of society. He's on the fringes of the fringes of society. In today's scripture, something powerful happens, something incredible. Jesus takes these men who are afflicted with this disease, who have been ostracized by the community, who have been kept at arm's length by the worshiping community. These folks who thought they had no hope of being healed or restored. And he does that work in their lives. He makes possible that which they viewed as improbable. He does that work that they never imagined would occur in their lives, yet alone in their own lifetime. He heals them. He heals them, and the healing that he provides is so thorough, so complete, that they are healed physically, but then they are also healed in terms of relationship. What these leprous men were given What they experienced on that day as they had this incredible encounter with Jesus, what they experienced was nothing short of new life. New life. Life from this day forward was going to be different, it was going to be new. They could experience things that they have never experienced in the course of their lives. Luke's clear. Jesus is on the scene, and when Jesus shows up, things change. People change. New life comes, and the old is gone away. Jesus is freeing people from oppression. He's bringing freedom to those who have been held in captivity. This life that he's bringing, it's not any old life. It's life that's described in John's Gospel, the 10th chapter, as being to the full. No, it's different. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that experience for themselves? The fact of the matter is, most of us would say we all want it. We'd love to have a new life, a better life, a life that's to the full. But the fact of the matter is, some of us reject it. We may not have this disease called leprosy. But we have a disease much worse, and it's called sin. It eats away at us from the inside out. It's infectious, and it has devastating consequences. It causes us, as Scripture says, to do things that we don't want to do. And as Paul will go on to say, it will co- the things that we want to do, we won't do because of it. And as sin takes an even deeper hold in our lives and in our hearts, it changes us. It destroys us. It ruins our relationships, our relationships with other people. It ruins our relationship with God. It puts us in the position where we do things that never in a million years would we imagine doing. It separates us from God and it separates us from the life that he wants for us as his people. But Scripture is also clear that while this disease is present, while it affects us, Christ has come to take care of that disease. He came to wipe away the guilt of our sin. He came to take away the shame. He came to bring new life to those who believe. Not just any old life, but new life. A different life. A life that looks very different than the one that we used to live. A life in which the old is gone and the new Has come. So, what's holding you back from accepting that gift? What's holding you back if you haven't received that gift already? What's holding you back from receiving that this morning and saying thanks? Ten lepers. Ten lepers who have this horrible disease receive healing and restoration. They experience new life. But did you notice what Luke says? Only one of them comes back. The other nine continue on their way. They go about They go about enjoying the life that they've never had, the life they've always wanted, but they don't even stop to say thanks. This one, this one who comes back, this outsider, this one who was on the fringes of the fringes of society, this one who comes back, he is shouting and he is praising and he is celebrating. Because this new life, it's worthy of saying thanks for. It's worthy of celebrating. It's worthy of praising God for. And as this man nails at Jesus' feet, Jesus says to him, We're not all ten cleansed? Where have the other nine gone? Was no one found and able to return and give praise except for this one? Where is the gratitude? Jesus has healed these men. He's released them from the bondage that they've been in, He's restored them to life and to community. Where's the thanks? Friends, God has done some incredible things in our lives as well. For some who are in this church this morning, your testimony is one of new life. The old person that you were, we wouldn't recognize. God has changed and transformed you so thoroughly as he brought salvation to your life that your story is different. Brokenness that used to be there isn't anymore. The pieces have been picked up. You have a new story that you're living out. For others, that's not just the only thing that God has done. But if it was, that'd be enough. No, for others, there's been other miracles that have taken place, other miraculous things that we can't explain. Doctors who gave a diagnosis and yet here you are, there your loved one is. God intervened when it seemed like there was no possible way. Or maybe it was a job that was lost and you wondered what's next? Where's the next meal going to come from? Where's the next paycheck going to show up? And yet there's a casserole at the door. Or there's a neighbor who reaches out or a friend from church who comes alongside and helps. Or maybe it's a marriage that you thought was going to end. but God did something there. The brokenness, the relationship that was about to end is now better than it's ever been. Better than you could even possibly imagine. God has taken the old and he has brought about something new. Friends, God has been good to us. His goodness and his mercy, it never ceases. For all of us, whether it's been those improbable things, whether it's being saved from sin and death, or whether it's the mercies that we experience each and every day, the roof over our head, the clothing on our backs, the food that's on our tables, whether it's the miraculous things or the everyday sorts of things, God has been good to us and we have reason to return and say thank you and give praise. But how many times are we like the nine? How many times do we forget or fail to say thanks? How often has God helped, guided, directed, provided, fill in the blank, but we've just kept going about life, enjoying all the benefits, but never stopping to say thanks? Sure, there's a lesson in there for us this morning. Let's not stop there. Because there is that one who returns, that one who sets this incredible example, this one who is extremely grateful. He comes back and he throws himself at Jesus' feet and he begins to praise him. He begins to offer thanks for all that he has done. But do you notice what Jesus says to that guy? He says, rise and go. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Jesus has transformed this guy's life. This Samaritan's life has been turned upside down. He's no longer characterized by sickness. He's no longer characterized by disease. He's no longer known as that leper over there. No, no from here on out he's going to be known as that guy whose life was turned upside down by Jesus This man realizes that apart from the grace and the mercy of God he would not be where he is today and he would realize he realized that his future would be very different had it not been for Jesus But he doesn't get stuck in that same old rut he comes running back But again, did you notice what Jesus says to him? He says, rise and go. As much as thanks and gratitude is part of our response, as much as we need to worship and celebrate what God is doing, we too must rise and go. This man has been given new life, and now he has to go and live it out. He has the responsibility to live in light of the grace that he's received. And Paul puts it this way in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. With the help of the Holy Spirit, as people who have been given this incredible gift of new life in Jesus Christ, we need to celebrate that, we need to say thanks, but then we need to go and live it. And Paul puts it this way, he said, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. as a fragrant, Fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then he continues, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Now he goes on to say, we should live a life characterized by thanksgiving. In other words, we have been given this incredible gift of new life in Christ. So go and live it. Live it to his honor and glory. In fact, in Philippians 3.16, Paul's going to say this. He says, live up to what you have already attained. It's yours. Now go live it out. It's yours. Now go live a life that brings honor and glory to God. Friends, we have been given that same gift. It's available in and through Jesus Christ if we trust in Him, if we profess faith in Him. But here's the thing once we cling to Him in faith, there's no going back to the old way of living. There's no more just going back to how things used to be. Now we must live up to and we must live according to the new life that we've been given. The old is gone. And the new has come. So in closing, I leave these words that Jesus shared shared with this leper whose life had been totally changed and transformed. Rise and go. Rise and go. Go live a life that brings honor and glory to God. Go and live a life that others might see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen and amen. Let's pray.